Hi, this is Keisha. Welcome to the Face to Face podcast. In this episode, uh, Kim Cool and myself have gotten together uh, to read Mark Taylor's prophecy, Wolves in Sheep's Clothing. He had released this prophecy in January of this year. And although I, I am skipping ahead a bit, it is the last prophecy that he has released. Um, this is not something that we did on Facebook. We chose to just use the podcast platform to record uh, the prophecy and conversation and the time of prayer. I felt nudged by the Lord to put this one ahead of the others because of the warning that I do believe that is involved in this prophecy. I really truly believe that it's a it's a twofold warning to the church. I believe that the Lord uh, has spoken to my heart about how these prophecies were not only meant to awaken us as a nation, but to awaken us as the body of Christ, that we need to remove uh, we we need to remove the idolatry that is involved in the way that we perceive church leadership. There is too much exalting of man and not enough of exalting of Jesus Christ. And I also believe that this warning is for those who are in leadership to say, you have gotten out of line. You are in alignment with the wrong things. Deception has crept in. And this is God's warning to you to wake up, perceive the truth, and repent. God loves each and every one of us. And I have a burden on my heart for both sides of the equation, just as Jesus did. He was concerned with the lost and the broken. But I do believe that the, the way that he approached the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those religious leaders who were blinded by deception, they were blinded by their religious pomp and circumstance. They were blinded by the things that made them exalt themselves above others. The harshness in which he approached them was truly from a place of the Father's heart. The way that Jesus approached those who were who were broken and tender versus those who were in bondage to religion and hard-hearted may have been different, but the reason was still the same. That God desired hearts to turn back to him, to understand that there was something standing in the way of each individual person having a relationship with him. He desired to bring them back to his heart. 
And I truly felt that this prophecy was God speaking to those who have become hard-hearted and those who see things that are going on and choose to turn a blind eye because it would mean giving up what they have grown comfortable and complacent in. This is his warning and this is not to be taken lightly. So I, I pray that, you know, I, I don't typically, you know, say, share this or whatever, but if you listen to this and your heart is stirred, do the research for yourself. Look these things up. Read the articles. Look in beyond the mainstream media for the things that we talk about in our conversation. I highly encourage you to look up on YouTube, um, on the uh, on the internet, look up Operation Underground Railroad, look up Tim Ballard, listen to the things that he has to say about child sex trafficking. We are dealing with human slavery on a level that is so dark and so evil, and the church cannot ignore this any longer. We need to be involved. However, God desires us to be involved. We have to bring this before him and say, this is a truth, an ugly truth, but it is a truth. Do the research. Don't just ignore it because it's hard. We are being called forth as modern-day abolitionists to raise awareness, to, you know, we can make donations to places like Operation Underground Railroad, the cause that is going forward through Tim Ballard and his team, where they're going in and rescuing these children, doing sting operations. Do whatever the Holy Spirit desires you to do. Pray for it. Educate people around you. Donate to the cause. If you have resources and training, ask the Lord to open doors for you to get involved in the rehabilitation of those who are being rescued. It takes all of us. It takes the entire ecclesia and we do honor Jesus and the things that he had he has called us to do when we take the time to desire to invest whatever gifts talents and resources God has put and put before us to minister to the oppressed and see them live in the fullness of freedom and to know and to know that Jesus is good. As it says in 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. That Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay our lives down for one another. It's a beautiful scripture. Highly recommend also go and read 1 John 3. 
Um, and I pray that you are blessed. I pray that you would you would share this and share resources that that you have with other people to help wake wake others up to this cause. It's time for us to make a stand against child sex trafficking. It is time for us to take a stand a stand against any type of human trafficking and slavery. This should not be happening. It shouldn't be happening anywhere in the world, but most of all, it shouldn't be happening here in the United States of America, right under our nose. And it has been for years. It's time for us to take a stand. I love you and God bless. All right, so we are going to be reading Mark Taylor's prophecy, Wolves in Sheep's Clothing. Uh, he released this one in a very timely manner. It was on January 7th of 2021. And of course, with the upheaval that was going on in our nation in that moment, um, I definitely feel like this was God's word to the church to get ready. Yeah. So, Kim, you want to go ahead and read that first paragraph? Sure. The Spirit of God says, The clash between the spirit of Elijah and the prophets of Baal is coming to a crescendo. There is a high-level psychics masquerading as prophets and prophetesses designed to infiltrate and discredit the true prophetic and ecclesia leading God's people astray. Not everyone that comes in my name is from me. Not everyone that comes in my name is of me. Why do you blindly and quickly accept anyone coming in my name? Why don't you test the spirits? Not everyone that speaks prophecies, dreams, and visions are from me. They seduce you with their fancy words. They mesmerize you with dreams and visions that are not from me. The Spirit of God says the prophets and priests that have prophesied by Baal committed adultery with Jezebel, prophesied dreams and visions from their own heart, repent. You build your kingdom to bring glory to yourselves versus bringing glory to me. You allow my little ones to be sacrificed on the altars of Moloch and Baal for the sake of mammon. You walk around in your man-made kingdoms with your fancy titles and names that mock me, being served like kings, all while my little ones suffer. Did I not say in my word, Exodus 23, 5, when you take a bribe, 501c3, it blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. Did I not say in my word, Deuteronomy 27, 25, cursed is he who takes a bribe for the slaying of the innocent person? You took a bribe, getting rich from the blood money of my little ones to remain silent. 
even the Pharisees knew not to touch the money from Judas. You vipers, you prophets and priests refuse to speak truth and stand on my words and the words I give you because you fear man more than the living God. You cowards. Therefore, you have one way out of this and only in one way only. Give all your money and your assets away. Matthew 19, 16 through 30. You have made under the bail system. Divorce bail, remarry me, repent and follow me. The spirit of God says another betrayal from the president's spiritual advisory board has taken place. Jezebel whispers, it's complete. We have the king's ear. I control who speaks to the king. No true prophet of the living God will ever reach him. Only my soothsayers will speak. The betrayer sits at the king's table. The spirit of God says, the time has come to hold all enemies of the living God, creator of heaven and earth, accountable for their atrocities against mankind. Repentance will save your soul, but there will be no mercy in the justice that is here now. Repent. That is a very strong and powerful warning to the body of Christ. And I do believe that it is not one to be taken lightly by any of us who follow after Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Uh, there was something specifically that had jumped out at me um, while we were reading, and uh, it was when he says, you walk around in your man-made kingdoms with your fancy titles and names that mock me, being served like kings, all while my little ones suffer. And it just, mm -hmm. it really jumped out at me. Um, the child trafficking that is mm -hmm. going on all around the world right now, mm -hmm. and especially the things that are being tolerated here in the United States of America. And I feel... I feel like there has been this complacency in the church and in the leaders in these churches where they just, they, they know these things are going on, but they choose, they choose the, they, they choose their systems. They choose their, their religious systems mm -hmm. over what God would have them do with the amazing amounts of wealth that these church leaders have acquired mm -hmm. with the amazing amount of influence that these church leaders have acquired. They mm -hmm. could, they could sway their congregations, thousands and thousands of people that tune in to listen to them and follow their every word. And yet they don't use it to fight for the oppressed. No, they just use it to 
make sure you send your pledges in or um, support a well over here. Not that that's not a, a, a worthy cause. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's so many worthy causes, but it's understanding what is God saying? Um, past, um, I watched uh, Redeemer Church online um, this past week. Um, a friend had told me to, to watch it. She thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. So I got on and watched it. And there was an illustration that the pastor that was speaking gave. And it's so true because he gave two, he had a gentleman come up and he gave one illustration, uh, two ways that we can treat our relationship with God, with the Lord. And in one, he, you know, saw someone who needed a healing or this, that, the other thing. And he would say, Jesus, come over here, come over here, perform, perform. And mm. sometimes he would, and sometimes he wouldn't. And then, then the other way is where Jesus leads and we follow behind and we feel, Oh, I want to go here. And then Jesus keeps going. You're like, Oh no, I guess not. That's not where he's leading. And he keeps going and he will lead where we're supposed to be. And and so that's how that relationship should be with the church, whether that be corporate or individual, mm. is that our agenda should be his agenda. Yes, there's a hundred million worthy causes out there, but what is on the table right now that God is pinpointing and, yeah. and child trafficking is where he is speaking into right now. And that is where the church, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there may be some churches that are involved, but those that are widely worldly known, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't hear a word. Yeah. I hear about wells, wells being drilled. Yeah. Um, but nothing, nothing about child trafficking or, I know. um, not even just child trafficking, sex slaves in general, because they're not all children. Right. You know? Right. But it, it just, it seems to me that ever since I have become aware and awakened to the reality of the fact, you know, when I listened to Tim Ballard from Operation Underground Railroad, and I mean, this is someone who is in the trenches. He isn't just talking about hearsay. This man is in the trenches um, fighting for these children to be freed children that are being bought and sold in sex trafficking. And I listen to this stuff and I listen to him fighting for these children and the experiences that he's gone through and the statistics that he states and how the United States of America is becoming the, the biggest hub for child sex trafficking in the world. And it makes me feel sick to my stomach mm -hmm. because then there's that other side of things where you go, well, if this is the reality and this is the truth that this is going on under our noses and you have all these people of great influence who are doing nothing, what does that say for us as a nation? Mm -hmm. that we 
that we don't value protecting the oppressed. And especially when it comes to children being violated and abused in some of the worst ways humanly possible. Some of the stories that I've heard are just, they, they, they're enough to make you lose sleep at night. Just knowing that there are children out there that are suffering through this. And, you know, so I just, I really feel deeply that this has nothing to do with doctrinal errors. This has nothing to do with, um, you know, who wears a suit and tie to church and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, but the church has been, we've, we've made these, you know, religious issues such a big deal. But honestly, I truly feel in my heart that this prophecy is for those who have taken the bribe of the 501c3 and have, because of that 501c3, you will hear so many people say, oh, it's not our place to get involved in politics. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, it's funny because when I was praying about us doing this prophecy, the Lord, the Lord spoke to me very clearly. And he said, this nation was founded on Christian men and women mm-hmm. who were very highly, very highly involved in politics. Absolutely. Um, the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many of them were good Christian men who signed that? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. You know, but to say that we must keep separate from politics and, and be and to be a Christian and to stay mm-hmm. out of these world view, you know, and out of these, that is, it is the blinding. It, it's like he says, the 501c3, it blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts mm-hmm. words of the righteous. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it's right there. Yeah. You know, and, and it's so clear to me now. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I, and I think, you know, um, at least this, I, I looked up the scripture reference and um, because I think so many people want to be in ministry and they want to be in a big church. And the word is, is quite clear. In James 3, 1, it says, not many of you should become teachers, my mm. fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. It's those who teach the word of God are held at a higher level of accountability. Right. And so this accountability comes with a greater judgment, which is why I think these prophetic words come with such a harsh word Mm -hmm. because God does. He has to start in the church. He has to start in the house of God Yeah, because um, it needs to be cleaned up and put in order. And, and people who are 
whether they're prostituting the word of God, selling it, you know, prostituting it, you know, just in it for the money, (laughs) what they can get for it and not taking seriously the leading that they're doing, the accountability of the sheep they're leading, the lives that they've either led astray or destroyed in the process. They will answer to God on judgment day if they did not repent before they took their last breath. And, you know, God's desire is not any parish and and be apart from him. Right. But, um, and that's why he sends these words out. They send, they sound hard and harsh, but they're there like we do for our children. We warn them before we say, okay, the next time you're going to get a spanking, (laughs) the next time it's going to be a little harsher. Um, Right. And and that's what he's doing. He's warning his children to get set things right at the end. He said, repent, repent. And, um, you know, it's so important that as, um, as believers in Christ, as examples of who Christ is, that's what we are. We mirror him we're probably the only Jesus most people will see. Um, It's a shame that of some of the the examples that are out there in the church as a whole, um, there are a lot of good, but unfortunately those that have a louder voice sometimes outweigh (laughs) the good. And, And, and we see in, in our time now where there's there, we're, we're seeing, sin being exposed and and I believe that that's something that God would have dealt with differently if people's hearts were were repentant yeah you yeah know? absolutely and as as hard as it is to swallow like I believe that this word is for those who know and mm-hmm. choose to turn the blind eye. Yes. Like they're, they're aware of the fact that there are things out there that are going on, but they choose to use Mm -hmm. the, well, that's somebody else's problem. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're not supposed to get involved in political things. We're not supposed to get involved in that. And they, they turn the blind eye Mm-hmm. Because they're they've taken the bribe, they live under the five hundred one c three. They they do not want the government um, taking away what they believe is, you know, making them successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that's it's it's hard to it's hard to believe that someone would call themselves a Christian and would turn a blind eye on the things that mm-hmm. are going on all around us. And I mean, this isn't just in other countries. This is here. Absolutely. You know, just like um, American soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like the, that operation broken heart where there were 75 traffickers um, that were arrested in Arizona. Mm. I mean, 
this is it. It feels like you know, and the mainstream media doesn't really cover yeah. this stuff, which is which is really sad. It is. Um, but you know, so I think that's another reason that a lot of people don't hear about this stuff. You know, right. and but then again, like Fox. Fox News had covered how President Biden had signed an executive order to get rid of um, Operation Talon, which was mm, um, meant that, to yeah. keep human traffickers that had crossed the border illegally. Right. Um, if they were involved in, you know, human trafficking, if they were involved in any type of um you know, if they were in child pornography or they had hurt a child, they would immediately get deported. It's, it's insanity. And to it's, think that he took, but it, but that's not getting the attention it deserves. Exactly. Because to me, you, know, you look at this and you say, with all that's going on in this world right now, with the pipeline and all of the things that we're dealing with in Texas, what they were going through, uh, the priority was to sign this bill to allow... Yeah these individuals, these criminals to be in our country illegally? Well, they are illegal to become legal. (laughs) How is that protecting the American citizens? Exactly. What is the agenda? That is the question we have to be asking. Right. And we as the church should be asking that question and we should definitely um, you know, I, that's not to say that we should get caught up in, I do believe you can go too far mm-hmm. to the left and you can go too far to the right. You can, you've exactly. got to find that middle ground, absolutely. But to me, if you are desiring to fight for the cause of the unborn, to fight for the cause of children who are being trafficked, if you are looking to fight for the cause of any who are oppressed, um, you, you can never go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. As long as you, so, you know, it's like the, the scripture in Matthew 10, it says that we have been sent out as sheep among wolves. Jesus sent the disciples out as sheep among wolves and they were to be as wise as serpents, mm-hmm. but as innocent as doves. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't mean that we bury our head in the sand and just pretend like this stuff isn't going on. Right. The way that we handle ourselves and the way we present ourselves, we are representing Jesus Christ. So I do believe that that matters. He is saying you still need to, you need to be wise, but you need to behave innocently. You know, there, there are spiritual weapons that he's given us. There are means that we can handle these things, even in the natural, that we're representing him well, mm-hmm. but we definitely should not be ignoring this. Right. We definitely should not be afraid to enter in the conversation and say, Hey, this isn't right. This isn't good. Lord, what would you have us do? Be willing to take those chances, be willing to be bold and strong and, you know, just, um, live like a true abolitionist. I believe that we are being called to be modern day abolitionists. And um, I believe that President Trump is 
was called to be our Abraham Lincoln of this day, mm-hmm. you know, for a different type of slavery, but it's an atrocity in God's eyes, just the same. Yeah. So, you know, and, and another thing I, I really felt to make mention of and have a, a bit of conversation about was um, just the uh, there was a there was an article in religiousnews.com that talked about ministry leaders rushing to empathize with Rabbi Zacharias and how that was beyond alarming. Mm. How it was deeply troubling to see so many men, especially in ministry leadership, find a more immediate connection with the abuser rather than the abuse. And I kind of think that this is parallel with what we were just talking about, but it was kind of put in plain sight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's somebody else that was recognizing this and it was over a, you know, um, Rabbi Zacharias was a well-known evangelical apologist, author and speaker. Uh, and he had been found guilty of sexual misconduct. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are not just allegations any longer. He was actually found guilty of it. Rabbi Zacharias has uh, passed away. But it was after his death that there were many women who came forward and told their story mm-hmm. of what had happened to them. And it was it was definitely heartbreaking to mm-hmm. think that they suffered in silence the way that they did, that they were fearful he had used spiritual abuse um, to keep these women silent. Uh, He would tell his victims that if they were to speak up, that it would actually, um, it would actually be on their head uh, if people lost their salvation. You know, he had them convinced that they, that people would lose their salvation if they lost faith in the things that Rabbi Zacharias spoke of. Mm. Uh, so it was it was just horrifying to think of what these women went through. And this article had talked about um, there was a lack of condemnation for what Rabbi Zacharias had been found guilty of and there there was a lack of empathy for the victims and um you know and they described it as a a distorted connection with the abuser and how they would say if not for the grace of god then they too would be like him and that that was a massive red flag uh you know in it really resonated with me to think that spiritual leadership would put such emphasis on how Rabbi Zacharias, yes, we're, we're all uh, saved by grace through faith alone. And, you know, it's not up to us to decide one way or another, 
if a person was worthy of heaven or condemned to hell that that is not up to us right but i i do believe that this this article really hit the nail on the head by identifying with the fact that there should have just been no no limelight on Rabbi Zacharias in the first place. It should have all been focused on the on empathy for the person who experienced the pain of victimhood. And that should have been the focus. And the fact that they had to go there, the fact that they had to say, oh, if not for the grace of God, we would all be like Rabbi Zacharias, as if to condone in a way mm-hmm. um, how easy it is for someone to uh, be a predator against innocent victims. And, um, you know, and, and so I really felt like there was a strong connection between this this display of pastors and those in leadership and the way that they've chosen to handle from their pulpit this situation, this circumstance, this tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I really feel that God is seeking repentance. He is seeking for those who have been led astray to recognize and to come before him in fear and trembling. I think what happens is people try to some is intentional but I believe that sometimes it's just people trying to identify with the fact that we're all sinners um, which is true but there's right. also consequences for our choices mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. those consequences are appropriate to the sin that was committed and was that sin committed was that a sin between you and God or was that a sin committed against others harming others like there's going to be consequences and and so rightfully so um pastors should not sympathize with the person who was the one committing the crime more mm-hmm. than they than they sympathize with the victims of the crime Um, you know, yes, we can all identify with the fact that we're all sinners and we're all capable, I guess. Um, which even sounds impossible to, to sympathize in that aspect, but, um, but that we have to understand that it consequences are appropriate and God knows the intent of the heart and to get this off base and off scale, you can't tell me God wasn't dealing with him over the years. And he avoided mm-hmm. the voice of God mm-hmm. and he hardened his heart to the voice of God that led him to the position where he was committing these heinous crimes. Um, yeah. 
yeah. never just wake up one day and start committing heinous crimes. Like there's small things. There is a, a trail we, we tend to lead ourselves down. And it's one right. choice after one choice after one choice. And God tries to get a hold of us before we get ourselves too far down a path. Um, but at some point when we continue to um, silence the, the, our conscience, the Holy Spirit, um, he allows us, you know, we harden our hearts kind of like Pharaoh and we go down a path that did, God did not intend, but we will be held accountable for. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, and that's the side that, um, ministers should be emphasizing, not just because, you know, they look at the deeds and the acts that he did, you know, the, the scripture and I wish I looked it up. It says, you know, you look at this, you look at Robbie Zachariah and you think, man, you know, he kind of fits that, that mold of that scripture verse that says, you know, what I prophesied in your name, Lord, you know, as he gets to heaven, <laughs> I prophesied mm. and I healed in your name. And he says, get behind, I don't know you, yeah. you know, and you think, you know, when you hear that, you think who, who could that even apply to? Like, and, and I look at this and I say, wow, I could see how this could fit this exact example. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's, it's really no different to me than to look at the way that Martin Luther, who is heralded as one of the, you know, great fathers of the saved by grace through faith alone movement, mm -hmm. which his contribution to that, yes, was was amazing and beautiful. Mm -hmm. he, he helped to birth something in the church that we're, we are now grateful for, mm -hmm. but at the same time turned around and wrote a horrible, horrible piece of literature about the Jewish people mm -hmm. that was considered like the standard for Hitler and the Nazi regime saying that what they were doing was godly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's kind of in that same context of, you know, yes, Rabbi Zacharias was heralded as having some amazing apologetic views of the Bible and of the scriptures. And, you know, he was, he was a gifted speaker but behind closed doors, he was an abuser and he was harming people. And we have to take, we have to, first and foremost, I feel like this is, this is our call. Take man off pedestals, take man off of the pedestals and put Jesus in his rightful place in our hearts, in our lives, in our churches. When we put people on a pedestal, it, it just gives so much room for us to be like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm so, you know, now we have to make an example out of Rabbi Zacharias and his, you know, in his sinfulness, just as well as they did in his apologetics. No, take him off the pedestal mm -hmm. and, and do what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus pushed the religious people aside and he ministered to the lost and the hurt and the broken and the blind 
and the demon possessed and the wounded that came running to him. They came running to him and he would heal them and he would heal them and he would love them and heal them. And that is where our focus should be is on those who need us desperately. It should not be on men behind pulpits. I'm not saying that being taught isn't important, but at the same time, we have to watch our heart and how much we're allowing ourselves to be swayed to believe that someone, you know, deserves our awe. Jesus deserves our awe. And we should be doing what Jesus does, which is minister and love and heal those who are desperately in need of that. And these women who were abused by him, they desperately need that. They need our love. They need to know that the church is a safe place for them and that what Rabbi Zacharias did was wrong. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it says in the article, abuse is not normal mm-hmm. and being an abuse abuser or sexual predator is not within the normal spectrum of sin struggles. Yeah. It is deviant. Exactly. Not only within the church, but among the wider world. Mm-hmm. So for them to try and normalize right. the fact that that this was an abusive situation, for them to try and normalize that that's somewhere within the boundaries of the grace of God is, is a huge distortion. And all I can say is we need to pray that these pastors, religious leaders with a platform would repent and start pre- preaching the truth. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, Amen. I think with that said, um, I think I think we definitely have some uh, some prayer in order here. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, do you want to start us out on that? Absolutely. Lord, we come before you tonight. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you still speak to your people. We thank you for this word that you spoke on January 7th, Lord God. We thank you that you continue to try to set the path straight, set the wrong right, Lord God. And that even in that process that you speak, Lord, that you speak words of um, discipline and harshness, Lord God, there's still that availability for repentance. And so, Father, you know the hearts of those that that this prophetic word speaks in reference to. And, Father, some have hearts that will lead to repentance and some do not. And Lord, you are the judge of that. And Father, right now I lift before you those that will come to a place of repentance and will cut ties with Baal. And I pray that, Lord, that they do that not on a quiet, but on a public level, Lord. Yes, Lord. That they not be afraid, that that their voice not be silent, 
But Father, that they take a stand just as public as they took a stand one way, that they publicly take a stand another. And that you begin to show your power and might in your church, Lord God, in your corporate church, Lord. Father, you, you rule and you reign. You are truth and you are justice, Lord. And we look to you, Lord, for direction, for discernment, for guidance, Lord God, in the days ahead. Lord, for these um, prophets that are speaking in witchcraft and, and that are not speaking your word, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you begin to silence that voice. Lord, that I even pray for discernment in the church, in your people, Lord God, that they will begin to discern your true voice. They will begin to know your voice. And how do we know your voice? We, we begin to spend time with you. Lord, that I pray that uh, revival Revival will begin to take place. Hearts and lives and families and generations will be changed, Lord God. Yes. Lord, through the words that you've spoken, Lord God. And we stand on that, Lord God, believing that there's more to come. Lord, that the, the revivals in the past are not all that there was but you are still a God that is on the throne, that you still rule and you still reign. And Father, there is another revival coming that is gonna be greater than the revivals of the past, Lord, that will change the hearts of men and women to align with your word, your will, Lord, to come to a place of repentance, Lord God, true repentance, life-changing repentance, Lord. Families will be brought together in this process, Lord. We thank you for that. And Father, we yes. before you, those that are currently trapped in, uh, in sex trafficking, Lord God, children, young adults, adults, Lord, that feel so trapped with no hope, Lord. I pray right now, Father, that your angels, your ministering angels be round and about, around and about them, Lord God. Lord, your words even speak about singing over us, Lord God, I pray that ministering angels just begin to sing encouragement yes lord hope lord and that they will be set free in your name lord yes lord lord i pray that you would call forth 
this remnant mm-hmm. of modern day abolitionists. Yes, Lord. Those you have put a burden in their heart mm-hmm. that you have opened their eyes to the things that they now that they have seen, they cannot unsee it. Yes, Lord. And Lord, just as in the day of the abolitionist movement where slaves were freed from their bondage not just because of what you did god but what men and women were willing to do that they were willing to lay their lives down that they were willing to say that i love my life not unto death that i would give myself for the cause yes that you would call forth this remnant and you would begin to equip us. Yes, Lord. You would equip us that we would not have tolerance just as the just as the abolitionists of that day, that if the, the church would not speak up for the cause of the slave, they would not tolerate it. Yes. They would not stand in tolerance and they would not quietly submit to that type of spiritual leadership. Yes. So Lord, as, as much as we need spiritual leadership, as much as we need to connect with the body, Lord, help us to discern what it is that is your will in all of this mm-hmm. as we fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. Lord, I ask that you would pour your holy fire out on the church yes, and that all receive it, all who would receive it, all who have their, their heart turned toward you and they're crying out for that revival, mm-hmm. for the reasons that align with the will of your heart, God. And I know that it is the will of your heart that those who are in bondage and those who are suffering would be set free. Yes. And that they would be given the opportunity to be delivered and healed and made whole. And that they would be able to confess Jesus as Lord of their own free will. You are about love and free will. And these people have been, have had their free will taken away from them. And you say, oh, no, 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 my church, my remnant. My abolitionists are going to rescue and then they're going to teach. Mm-hmm. They're going to teach those who have had their freedom ripped from them and their innocence ripped from them. They're going to teach them how gentle and how kind the Lord is. Yes, Lord. And people get to make the decision for themselves out of a sound mind and a sound heart decide that Jesus is their Lord God I'm so thankful for what you're doing I'm so thankful for this platform I'm so thankful for this this podcast that Lord I ask that you would you would allow um, this podcast to reach the ears that need to hear it yes Lord and that people would start digging for truth as they hear the things that I've spoken of, that they wouldn't just take my word for it, or they wouldn't just brush it off, 
that they would start doing their homework, Lord. Mm -hmm. And that as they do their homework, they start to see the truth and they, they are boots on the ground in their sphere of influence as well. Yes. That army is rising up, Lord. It's Mm -hmm. rising up. Mm -hmm. Lord, help us to have clean hands and clean hearts before you. Yes, Lord. And do your will and do your good will that we would no longer be okay with walking past the man in the ditch. No more. No more walking past the man in the ditch. No more walking past the the broken person in the ditch. That we would hear your words loud and clear when you say you will love the Lord your God with your entire being. You will love your neighbor as yourself. Convict us of that. Convict us of what it means to take up the cause of the broken. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we praise you and we thank you. Amen. 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 Praise God. God is doing a mighty thing. Amen. And I believe that we we don't we've we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. We we I don't even that. I receive that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't even have a clue as to what he is gonna pour out on us and the, the things that he is going to do in and through those who are positioned mm-hmm. and hungry. Amen. Amen. Be faithful. Mm. And just. Well, this was good. Yeah, this was good. I'm I'm glad that we finally got around yes, to it. <laughs> Sorry for any interruptions. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. God has a way of working it all out. Yes, thank God. He does. 